The New York Islanders make a valiant effort, if sloppy at times, and end up with a 4-3 shootout loss to the Boston Bruins. We have our key takeaways from that game, plus our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders. That and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms A tough, but not a terrible 4-3 shootout loss to the Bruins in Boston. We have our key takeaways from that game, plus our weekly farm report coming up. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment about something we've discussed, or maybe something you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so make sure you join me for that. Uh, Always happy to give instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time or any time. So, a 4-3 shootout loss for the Islanders, their first ever shootout game of this young season. And look, first and foremost, why did the Islanders come away with a point? If you're looking for one reason in particular, Semyon Varlamov. I didn't expect him to start. I thought we'd see Sorokin, but Lane Lambert sort of going more toward a 50-50 shot where the two goalies are alternating. And that meant it was Varley's turn. 30 saves, but not just 30 saves and 33 shots, which is a good night for any goalie, but the quality of those saves was off the charts. Some of them from very much in close and Varlamov coming up big time after time after time. And, you know, voila, you end up with a point on the road against the best team by record right now in the NHL. And, you know, we talked on yesterday's show when we were previewing this game. You know, the Bruins were top five in goals for, goals against, power play, penalty kill. 
any metric that you're going to measure this uh, team by, they had it. You know, I mean, the Bruins are at the top of the standings for a reason. And the fact is the Islanders fell behind in this game two to nothing, managed to claw their way back in and tie it at two, fell behind three to two, you know, managed to tie it in the third period and get the point. So that was sort of the good news. The, the fact that this team did not quit would have been easy. You know, you're only seven minutes and seven seconds into the game and you're down two to nothing on two goals by Jake DeBrusque. And, you know, the the first one was a power play goal off a stupid goalie interference penalty by Zach Parise. And, you know, it would have been easy to get frustrated, easy to say, we're not going to win this game. And yet the Islanders never did that, fought back, played a gritty game, and managed to earn at least one point in this. And again, as I said, we got six games, now five more to go between now and the holiday break. I wanted six points from those six games, and I would be happy. We're on pace. You got a point in the first game, and this was one of the tougher games on the schedule. So, you know, another strong performance by Noah Dobson. He had a goal and an assist. So did Josh Bailey. And I, I just think overall that this the effort was there. But was it a smart game? No. And special teams in particular struggling. We mentioned the DeBrusque power play goal that kicked off the scoring. And then the go-ahead goal by Derek Forbert in the second period. A shorthanded goal, which, I mean, the Islanders power play was dreadful in this game, did not set up any scoring chances, barely established themselves in the offensive zone, and just, you know, was were so sloppy trying to get back and cover. Boston has the ability, and we, we said on the show last night, they, they're dangerous shorthanded, and unfortunately it came to pass. You just can't allow those kind of chances time and time again. And there were times in the third period also, you know, Sezikis gets the goal four minutes and 40 seconds into the third period. And you're like, okay, this game is tied. And what an accomplishment. You know, you, you, you were down 2 nothing, you come back. You're down 3-2 on the road, third period, you come back. It seemed to me that the Islanders were too a little too satisfied with themselves for coming back and tying the hockey game. And late in the third period, again, I got the feeling that this team was hanging on for dear life to try to make sure they at least got that one point. And that is understandable on the one hand, because you're in Boston against the Bruins, and they're... You know, one of the best, if not the best teams in the league. But you can't be satisfied. You can't play not to lose. You have to go out and play to win. And it just reminded me a little bit, parts of the third period, maybe the last, you know, three or four minutes of the game started to remind me a little bit of the end of the Devils game Friday. 
Now, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't like the Friday game where the Islanders spent seven minutes where they barely cleared the puck out of their zone, but it was three or four minutes where they just couldn't get the puck out and they just weren't passing well and they weren't doing things that would have led to a victory. And that was the frustrating thing, but Varley bailed them out time and time again. Another thing I have to ask, why Josh Bailey on the third shot of the shootout? I don't understand that. I understand Barzal for sure. Uh, you know, all of that made sense, but but no Wallstrom. Now, maybe he was banged up. I know he was shaken up a little earlier in the game, although he did return. No Dobson. Uh, I would have preferred to see somebody else. Now, I know, again, no Kyle Palmieri, no Anthony Bevilier, so you didn't have either one of those guys available. But Josh Bailey, yeah, he's got a fairly decent history uh, at shootouts, but, you know, is he really one of your three best goal scorers? Mm, probably not at this stage of his career. I didn't think he was the best choice in the shootout. So, you know, maybe for round four, if there was one, or round five. But round three, uh, I, I would have gone with Dauber. I would have gone with Wallstrom. There are, you know, other alternatives out there that we did not see. So at, at the end of the day, you take the point and you move on. And I think it was important to get that point. But Oh, you know, it easily could have been two, and it easily could have been zero if not for the heroics of Varlamov. Interesting statistic, uh, Brock Nelson, no shots on goal in this game. He did have two assists and was a plus two, but especially with no Palmieri and no Bevilier, you have got to get shots from Lee, Nelson, and Barzal. Barzi had one, Nelson had none. And Lee had four. So I like the four, but you got to get more uh, from your top offensive players. And oh yeah, Wallstrom, no shots on goal either in this game. You need more offense. As a team, 26 shots on goal. Not great, not horrible, but below what you want. And honestly, you take the point, but the Islanders were fortunate to get it. And uh, their grit and their goaltending earned them the point. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our weekly farm report. We've got a Hall of Famer as our Islanders birthday of the day and some final thoughts about last night's game. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college ball season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And of course, the NHL as well. And if you love sports podcasts, you could find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, Islanders in Arizona now, Friday. Check out the odds at betonline.net. Maybe your knowledge of the Islanders can help you win some money. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. 
And thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Time now for our farm report. As we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders, we do this every Wednesday, just about every Wednesday. And uh, the Bridgeport Islanders, three games this past weekend and sort of a mixed bag of results in this one. The Islanders on Friday of last week losing in Hershey to the Hershey Bears four to two and Corey Schneider making 37 saves you got goals from Iskakov and Bar- and Cole Bardro but not enough you give up 41 shots on goal including six power play chances which you know is too many even though they killed off all six and even though Ishkakov gave them the lead just a minute 34 into the game with a very impressive backhand goal, it wasn't enough, and it ends up a 4-2 defeat for Bridgeport in their first of three games last weekend. Then, uh, on Saturday, a 3-2 loss at Total Mortgage Arena to the Providence Bruins, and this one kind of hurt because it's a team you're battling uh, for one of the top spots in the division. You end up with Chris Terry scoring, Paul Thompson scores, but not quite enough. Jakob Skarik, 24 saves, but two goals by Fabian Lysel give the Bruins the win, including the game winner with three minutes and 47 seconds left. So after that, there's a rematch with the Providence Bruins on Sunday, and the Islanders win this one by a final score of 5-2. to two. You have two goals by Andy Andreoff and Atu Ratu, a three-point night. A goal and two assists for Ratu. William Dufour, a goal and an assist. Otto Koivula, a goal and an assist. And Chris Terry with two helpers. Corey Schneider, 40 saves, and that topped his season high, which he had set Friday when he made 37 saves. So two power play goals in this one for Bridgeport, four for four on the PK, and uh, 63 penalty minutes, including 29 by Kyle McLean. So a penalty-filled rivalry kind of a game, but the Islanders skate away with an important 5-2 5-2 to two win, so a 1-2-0 and oh weekend, basically, for the Bridgeport Islanders. And you, you kind of hope that they would have done a little better. Uh, still in third place right now after 24 games, 14-6-4, behind only Hershey and Providence, the two teams they lost to Friday and Saturday, although, again, They did beat Providence on Sunday. So third place right now, but 14-6-4, a solid record for the Bridgeport Islanders. This weekend, only uh, two games. Well, two games on the weekend, one game tonight. 
So the home game is tonight. It's a uh, 7 o'clock face-off against the Springfield Thunderbirds at Bridgeport and then the road trip to uh, Western New York or upstate New York where the uh, Bridgeport Islanders will go Friday to Utica to face the Utica Comets. That's a 7 o'clock face-off. And then Saturday, <coughs> excuse me, Saturday, a 7 o'clock face-off in Syracuse against the Syracuse Crunch. So that is the schedule coming up. We look at the leading scorers on this team right now. Chris Terry has now taken over with 23 points in 19 games, 6 goals, 17 assists. Andy Andreoff leads the club with 13 goals. He has 21 points in 24 games. Samuel Bolduck, leading all defensemen, he has 16 assists and 20 points in 24 contests. And then Iskakov, 7 goals, 19 points in 23 games. As far as the goaltenders are concerned, Corey Schneider, 10-2-1, a 9-24 save percentage and a 2-4-4 goals against average. Jakob Skarik, Still struggling, not not really uh, particularly sharp. Four four and three record, an eight eighty three save percentage and a three four six goals against average. You like to see Schneider playing well, but Skarik is the one who has the future. Hopefully, he's the one who may very well be, uh, you know, the prospect. And he is kind of struggling early on this season. So hopefully we see a little bit more from him. But overall, again, the Bridgeport Islanders playing well. And when you think about the fact that Hudson Fashing is up with the big club, that Simon Holmstrom is up with the big club, while you have these injuries affecting the team, uh, the fact that Bridgeport continues to play well in spite of the fact that, you know, a couple of their better players are up with the NHL Islanders, that certainly speaks well for the coaching job and the effort that this team is giving. So that is the situation right now in Bridgeport. And hopefully, hopefully the uh, Islanders can do well with these three games tonight, Friday and Saturday. And then a game next Friday, that'll take them up to the holiday break. Uh, but we'll talk about that, obviously, next week. So make sure you join us every Wednesday. Occasionally we move it if there's too much going on. But every Wednesday we have our weekly farm report where we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. And if you want to see Atu Ratu and, and uh, William Dufour and some of the other Islanders' top prospects in person Wednesday night, at Bridgeport, the Springfield Thunderbirds in town at 7 o'clock. So check that out and head on out, take the ferry or drive up to Bridgeport and see that game. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. A Hall of Famer is our Islanders birthday of the day. And we've got some more key takeaways from last night's game. All that still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Monday was the 72nd birthday of former Islanders goalie and Hall of Famer Billy Smith. Bat Batlin Billy Smith, 
175 pounds by modern standards, very small for a goalie. The native of Perth, Ontario, drafted by the LA Kings in the fifth round back in 1970, made his NHL debut playing five games with the Kings in 71-72 before joining the Islanders along with Jerry Desjardins in the expansion draft. Smith, an original Islander, and stayed with the team for the rest of his NHL career all the way through the 1988-89 season. And you look at his final career statistics. A 3.17 goals against average, an 8.91 save percentage. And you think, well, you know, that's not particularly outstanding. Why is he in the Hall of Fame? First of all, you got to remember that the late 70s and 80s were the the point in hockey history where the game was the most wide open and goal scoring was at its highest. But the bigger reason that Billy Smith is in the Hall of Fame. When the game was on the line, the bigger the game, the better Billy Smith played. Four straight Stanley Cups, one with him as the team's primary goaltender. He was so clutch. And you look at what he did. In 1980, he took over in the playoffs as the team's top goalie, undisputed, after splitting time with Chico Resch. And he just proved that, you know, he could be that valuable and that clutch. And you add up, you know, 20 playoff games in 1980, 17 more in 81, 18, 17, 21. For five seasons, he essentially played more than an additional full season of hockey in the postseason. And boy, did he come up big. The thing about Billy Smith, a couple of things. First of all, he took nothing from nobody. Billy Smith, if you got in front of his goal and tried to set up in his crease, you were going to pay the price. He was going to take his stick. He was going to hack you. He was going to push you away. And he was going to be aggressive about it. Uh, He was an intense competitor who was one of the few players who never shook hands after a playoff series ended. Why? He felt it was hypocritical that he was spending all his energy and all of his effort to try to, uh, to to try to beat you, and then he just didn't want to do the handshake. The other thing is, Billy Smith goes down in NHL history as the very first goalie to score a goal in the National Hockey League. Did it against the old Colorado Rockies, didn't shoot the puck into the net. The Rockies had a delayed penalty. Rob Ramage shot the puck back into his own goal accidentally all the way down the ice. And the last Islander to touch it, Billy Smith. We're going to go back and look at one of Billy Smith's better games as an Islanders. And, and fittingly, it's a playoff game. It, it has to be a playoff game. This is game two of the semifinal series between the New York Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres. May 1st, 1980, Islanders won Game 1 at the Odd in Buffalo 4-1. This is Game 2, and Billy Smith, obviously the goalie for the Islanders. Bob Sove in between the pipes for the Buffalo Sabres. No scoring in the first period, but in the second, 
Butch Goring, his third of the playoffs from Gordy Lane and Dennis Potvan at 15-02. Islanders break the ice. They lead 1-0. In the third, though, Andre Savard ties it for Buffalo. His first from Gilbert Perot and Richard Martin at 11:47. We're all even at 1-1. One and one. It goes to overtime. Each team had their chances no goals. Clark Gillies and Don Luce both went off for roughing at 13-10 of overtime. Still, even with the four-on-four, no goals. We go to double overtime, and Bob Nystrom, so clutch in the playoffs, comes up with his fourth goal of the postseason. Bob Lorimer and Clark Gillies with the assists. The Islanders win it 2-1. They ended up winning the series in six games took the third game at the Nassau Coliseum, lost the fourth and fifth, and then closed it out at home in six games. But in this game, the Islanders were outshot 42-33. to But Batland Billy Smith, 41 saves in 81 minutes and 20 seconds of ice time. And the Islanders win it 2-1. to And boy, the Islanders end up winning that year their very first Stanley Cup. So I know it's a, a, a couple of days late, but Billy Smith is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 72nd birthday, belated to Batland Billy Smith, the greatest goaltender in New York Islanders history. So where is this team? Uh, you know, that is something that we still, I think, are not clear on. I don't think this team is is clearly going in the right direction, but they're also not going in the terrible direction either. I just think, regardless of how they do on this road trip, we've talked about the need for a goal scorer, and I'm going to reiterate it. I don't think that adding Kyle Palmieri is going to make the difference. Kyle Palmieri and Anthony Bevilier can be healthy. You can get all of your top 12 forwards on the ice, and this team still doesn't have quite enough firepower. This team, as they stand now, are a fringe playoff team. They are a team that can get into the playoffs and can beat anybody they go up against. We can, we've seen this over the last few years. They are capable of beating anybody. But I don't think they'd be favored in a playoff series against anybody they would face. Can they go on another run the way they're constituted now? Yeah, if the goaltending holds up and they get hot at the right time, yes, they can. But if not, well... Uh, I, I'll tell you, you want to make sure you make the playoffs. You want to make sure that you're a team that other teams fear and respect and that you have a reasonable chance of going on that long playoff run. Then Lou Lamorello has to bring in that goal scorer. Otherwise, you're the underdog. You win a round, you surprise people. You win two rounds, you really surprise people. But you'd have to pull off upsets in four straight series to get it done and win the cup. And that, my friends, is not an easy task. 
we have got uh, more to discuss on tomorrow's show. We will have the results of our poll on the Fisherman jerseys with your comments and the latest injury news and a whole lot more. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!